The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So, um, how many of you participated in show and tell in school? Oh, that's good. That's good. So raise your hands again. Okay, so (laughs) I was going to call people out. Okay, Chad, you had your hand up a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Can you remember something that you showed in school and did in show and tell? Seventy years ago, that would have been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Ma'am, you can leave. No, it's good. okay. Uh, <laughs> so, Serena, did you ever do show and tell? Yeah. What'd you do? snail. All right. Great. Well, would you do show and tell? What'd you do? A what? Oh, wow. So show and tell is something that most of us have done and kind of a fun part. It's something we're excited about and we say, oh, we bring it, we show it, we tell about it. Our grandson, David, does this probably a couple of times a week where he'll come out and he'll say, Cindy, grandma, grandpa and grandma, he'll say, come into the side room and we'll go into the side room and he'll show us some really cool Lego creation that he's built or a Hot Wheels track that he's done. Um, We're excited to tell people, right? Come and see something that we've done. Um, Cindy did it just the other day where she was out, saw something incredible and took pictures of it and wanted to show me pictures. Yesterday, Stephanie, our daughter, first thing she did after picking up a new kitten was to text us the pictures of her new kitten because we love to tell people, we love to show people um, something that is exciting to us. It's one of the reasons I don't like to travel uh, a distance or go overnight to a conference is because I see something and it's like I want to say, Cindy, look at that, and she's not there. I mean, we love to show people, experience with people what is exciting to us. You know, I think that's what following Jesus is to be like. I think following Jesus is to be like, as we, as we are with people and as we're uh, mingling with people, as we're working with them, as we're in school with them, that we, that we like, oh, I got to, we want to show them and we want to tell them. We want them to experience what is also exciting to us. As I've been 
thinking about this as we're going, this is the third sermon looking at our theological vision, which is a really big word. Actually, it's a couple words. But, and today we're looking at the end of it, which is, um, I guess I better read it again here. (laughs) Inviting the city into the kingdom of God. As I've been thinking about that, as we're going to look at John chapter 1 and talk about that, it's actually brought a little bit of sorrow, and that's maybe a strong word to me, as I think that often that's not how we function as followers of Jesus. It's not often a part of life where we're saying, come and see, and we're moving amongst and mingling people, and, and we're just experiencing life with them, with Jesus, often it has been reduced to um, information, not a relationship. So this is the big question this morning that I want us to think about is how do we point people to Jesus? Should it be any different than the excitement of David to show us his Lego, you know, building? Should it be any different than me wanting to show, tell somebody, oh, that rainbow was incredible? Um, how do we point people to Jesus? And this is the big idea. People will see Jesus. I mean, they're going to really see Je- <coughs> They're going to really see Jesus when they see Jesus in our daily lives. People are going to really see Jesus when they really see Jesus in your daily life, in the midst of your daily life, school and work and family. So we're going to look at John, and this is what we're going to do. I'm going to kind of just talk through it, and then after kind of talking through it and getting a glimpse of what we're talking about, we're going to break down that inviting the city into the kingdom of God into three parts and see how how it fits um, this passage because it's kind of important that if we have this statement inviting the city into the kingdom of God that it meshes with scripture, right? It's not just some cute little saying that somebody came up with. So John chapter one, the next day, and the next day, actually the previous day is the day when Jesus showed up at the Jordan River and to be baptized by John. And John kind of resisted him and said, no, I should be baptized by you. Um, And Jesus said, no, let it happen so that all righteousness would be fulfilled. And the incredible thing about that was as Jesus was baptized by John and onlookers would have watched that happening, what would they have thought? They would have thought sinner. Because the people that were standing in line waiting to be baptized, John, were doing that to confess their sins. And so Jesus was doing that at the very beginning of his ministry to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, to be identified as he was sinless, but to identify with us as sinners. So as he lived his life and then, and then as he died on the cross and said, ended up by saying, it is finished, paid in full, he would be the full, final, once and for all sacrifice for our sins. And so it's the day after that John was there again by the Jordan River with two of his disciples. 
And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Incredible imagery, looking back to the Old Testament and the sacrifices, and Jesus as that once and for all provision for our sin that would happen on the cross. And so when the two disciples who were with John, John's disciples, heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So they just started following Jesus. Turning around, kind of Jesus realized that somebody was following him. He saw them following and he asked, what do you want? No, he didn't, he didn't say it that way. Um, but that's kind of how we might say it, right? As we're just kind of following, as somebody's following us, and all of a sudden we realize it kind of becomes kind of inconvenient, right? And an, and an intrusion. And we'd like, what do you want? Jesus, I think it's more like, hey, guys, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? Now, that's a little creepy, right? <laughs> the, it's kind of like somebody, somebody's, uh, we're at work, and we're, maybe it's our lunch break, and you're sitting reading your Bible, and, and somebody walks up and looks at you, and you say, yeah, what can I do for you? And they say, I want to come to your house. It's like, it's not the normal question. I mean, typically you think that they would say, uh, yeah, teacher, uh, what do you think about ritual washing? Or why don't your disciples fast like we fast? And, but they say, where are you staying? Why do you think they ask that? Well, Jesus responds by saying, come and you will see. Come and you will see. I want you to get that phrase because that, that is the heart of this paragraph. And the heart of, I think, what Jesus is calling us to be as his followers and, and encouraging others to follow. It's just like this come and see, show and tell. And so Jesus says, come and you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So they went and they just hang out, hung out with Jesus and they had this incredible opportunity not just to hear Jesus' words to them but actually to experience life with Jesus. I mean, they, they found out that he ate angel food cake, not deviled eggs, right? You know, that's what you'd think. But, I mean, they... They, they got to experience, you know, conversation around the table. They got to experience, I mean, was he this, you know, lofty person that just kind of floated through his day? Or did he wrestle with the kids, you know, that, that were at the house? They, they got to experience life with him. As Jesus said, come and see. You know, often people don't have that opportunity, do they? Because all, a lot of what people know about Jesus is just what we tell them. It's not what they witness, that actually what we tell them is real and it's life-changing, it's transforming, that Jesus makes a difference. It's not just words. And I tell you, this is so important because we see it in the news all the time. We see, we see horrible stories of people who claim to be followers of Jesus and whose lives deny him. People need to be able to come and see. And so Andrew 
Simon Peter's brother. Wouldn't you like to be Andrew? You're always Simon Peter's brother. <laughs> Poor guy, he was never just Andrew. Um, he was one of the two who heard what John had said. He was one of John's disciples that followed Jesus. And notice the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. So after hanging out with Jesus that day, he was so excited about Jesus that immediately he went and he grabbed his brother and said, you've got to come and see too. So Jesus looked at him, Simon, and he said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter, which I think means rock or could be stubborn or hard-headed. Um, and then in verse 41, it says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee and finding Philip, an another guy, Jesus said to him, follow me. It's kind of the same thing. Follow me, come and see, hang out with me. Now, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And what did Philip do? He found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one. Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael says, Divorced? You've got to be kidding me. Can anything good come from, I mean, from Nazareth? Sorry. Um, and, and what does Philip say? He says, come and see. You get, kind of getting the theme? I mean, I know we can be slow, but come and see. You know, I think, I didn't mention this in the first gathering, but I think a really important thing that they aren't saying is, um, I'll give you my pastor's phone number and you can talk to him. Yeah. Anyway, so they just say, come and see. And then when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said, well, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Man, this guy is a true blue Jew. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. <laughs> and Nathaniel, this is crazy. I mean, you know, just a few minutes before, he's saying Jesus is a fake. <laughs> and now he says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus says, and this is the conclusion, which is really important. He says, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. And that's pretty impressive. That took some supernatural knowledge. But you will see greater things than that. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. If you started reading through your Bible again and you've reached Genesis 28, that phrase should be very familiar to you, angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Because as Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau in Genesis 28, he came to a place and he lay down at night, he put a rock and he fell asleep and he had a dream. And the dream was that the angels of God were ascending and descending 
And he woke up. And when he woke up, this is what he said. He said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. And Jesus, in, in quoting this from Genesis chapter 8, I think what Jesus is telling Nathaniel and kind of the crux of this whole passage, this come and see passage, is Jesus saying, if you want to see the kingdom of heaven at work on earth, heaven impacting, heaven influencing earth, keep following me. Isn't that incredible? And I think that's what Jesus is, as he says, come and see and and Andrew gets it, and Philip gets it, and, and repeat it, come and see. It's this, that's the heart of inviting the city into the kingdom of God as we just kind of break it down here. It's, it's, saying, it's, it's saying, come and see the difference Jesus makes, the life-changing, transforming impact that Jesus has on lives. And that's what it's about, right? So let's break it down. Again, the big question, how do we point people to Jesus? How are you pointing people to Jesus? People will see Jesus when they see him in our daily lives, when they see heaven making a difference on earth in your and my lives. So inviting the city into the kingdom of God, if you have notes, the first one is what is the kingdom of that we're inviting people into. What do we mean by that? Because typically, what do we do? We invite people to church, right? I mean, isn't that typically the word we're familiar with? I think the reason, the reason we don't use the word church here is because nowhere in the Bible does it say to invite people to church. Now, I'm not telling you to leave, okay? But that's not where we're called to invite people to church. And often when we think of church, we think as a, a location, right? Where we come. Or a, t or a time. The refuge meets at 9 and 10.30. Or an event. I, I want to invite you to church. Whereas the church, I mean, it's a beautiful word in the New Testament. The word ecclesia literally means called out. It's this, we are this special people that have been adopted and redeemed and and sanctified and all these justified all these incredible words that we who were separated from God because of the incredible work that Jesus did on the cross and by rising from the dead has made us to be this special people that's what the church means but often we confuse it and, and we just invite people to church right so the reason for the word kingdom, it's so important because the word kingdom is really what, what we see happening in, in John chapter 1. It's, it's inviting people into a relationship with Jesus, not to an event or a location, but into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The Lord's Prayer says, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. That in the same way that God rules in heaven, that through our lives and through him being Lord of our lives, in the same way our lives would reflect and 
permeate. That's why the words salt and light are used about followers of Jesus that in, in the New Testament. We're, we're to be like salt or to be like light. The, uh, there's a bunch of parables in the New Testament that kind of give us a glimpse of this, just to highlight three. In Matthew thirteen forty four, the kingdom of heaven is referred to as a treasure in a field. And somebody comes and they find that treasure, and which is Jesus, and they're so overwhelmed by the value of finding Jesus, this treasure that they sell everything they have, to buy the field so they can have the treasure. And he's saying, is Jesus that valuable to us? Do we understand how incredibly precious and valuable and amazing Jesus is that we're willing to give up anything for him? Matthew 25, 14 to 30, there's a parable about a, a guy who gives his serpent, servants some bags of gold and then he takes off on a journey and he tells them, you know, to invest it. And when he comes back, two of the servants had invested it and they'd made more and uh, they gave it to the king. The third servant, he, he was worried about what the king would think. And so he dug a hole and he buried it in the ground and he wasted. He didn't invest it. And, and really the heart of the story about the kingdom is, are we investing our lives for Jesus? Are we making the most of our lives for Jesus? Or are we wasting our lives? What are you doing with your life? Are you making the most of it for Jesus or wasting it? The last parable is Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Is, it's a parable about the sheep and the goats. It's probably a familiar one. And um, it's Jesus um, says... The sheep are those who somebody comes up to them and says oh, they're hungry and they give them something to feed. They're thirsty. They give something to drink. They're without a without housing, so they provide them housing. And it comes to the end, and and uh, Jesus says, "In as much as you did it for the least of these, you've done it for me." And the heart of it is that kingdom living. Living under the rule of Jesus means that we're going to live our lives in a way that changes other people's lives. It's not just talk, but in our walk, it permeates all of our lives. Um, our thinking is often getting people to believe some information, right? Rather than enter into a relationship a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And believing some information is important. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. But believing in a way that it transforms our lives and impacts others' lives. Um, that's why our passage this morning is so key. Its focus is come and see. Come and see. See what Jesus living looks like. The point is inviting the city into the kingdom of God is we're inviting people into a life changing, transforming relationship with Jesus. Is that what it means for us to point people to Jesus? Um, it's not my job, it's not the pastor's jobs, elders' jobs to point people to Jesus. That's all of our job. 
to point people by our lives to Jesus. It's about a relationship with Jesus. The second thing it says, inviting the city into the kingdom of God, into a life-changing, transforming relationship. What, why do we say city and not people? Well, people are, are obviously at the heart of the city. But the reason we say city is because it means way more than, than just talking to people. It's talking about impacting and influencing our community with the life-changing news about Jesus. And so just to give you some examples, I mean, what is the city? The city is about all different kinds of music and culture and politics and food and entertainment and ethnic groups and language groups. And it's about business and arts and media. It's And inviting the city into the kingdom of God, the point is we want every aspect of our city to be influenced and impacted by Jesus, right? I mean, if we don't, then we don't, then Jesus isn't that big a deal to us. It's not like David and his Lego saying, oh, I just, I want you to see this. It's not like me seeing a rainbow and, and wanting somebody else to see the rainbow. If we aren't in the same way, don't think Jesus is life-changing and life-transforming and everybody needs to know about Jesus because then we don't understand Jesus. So it's every aspect. This is what's incredible about the passage again. Because Jesus, he first reaches, it's Andrew, one of John's disciples, follows Jesus. And, and Andrew hangs out with Jesus. And so then he goes and gets his brother, Peter, who's a fisherman. It's the next day, Jesus talks to Philip. And, and Philip goes and calls Nathaniel. And it's just kind of this introduction to the Gospels where we see Jesus calling fishermen and tax collectors, stooges of the Roman Empire, and on the other end, zealots who were revolutionaries against the Roman Empire, Nicodemus, who's a member of the, the ruling council, and then on the other end, you got like Nathaniel, this pure-blooded Jew, and then you have on the other end, Samaritans, Jesus sitting by the well and talking to a Samaritan woman, who a guy like Nathaniel would hate. And so we see Jesus calling people from every, every part of society, every part of the community to follow him, to come and see the difference that he makes. The point is we want every aspect, every individual to be impacted by the incredible news of Jesus. So inviting the city into the kingdom of God. What are, what's the invitation? And unless you dozed off, it's pretty clear, right? What's the invitation? It's come and see. It's come and see. It's not come to church with me. That's okay. But what they're, if, and if somebody is here this morning because you were invited to come and hear, that's okay. But it's got to go beyond that if it's real good news, right? It's got to be come and see. 
to where you're in, in inviting people to be a part of your life and you're a part of their lives. And together we're experiencing the life-changing, transforming good news about Jesus. Otherwise, it's just talk, right? How do we know it's real? How do, how do people know that it's really life-changing if we don't say, come and see? Like Jesus said to Andrew, and Andrew hung out with Jesus that whole day, and as he experienced Jesus, he became excited to reach out to Peter, and on and on and on. Experience Jesus with us. See the reality of what Jesus means in real life. You know, too often we settle for passing on information about Jesus when people need to see lives that have been truly changed by Jesus. I guess I want to ask, are we shortchanging the good news? And what I mean by that is when we think that words are enough, are we shortchanging the good news? Um, some questions I want you to think about. And they're on that piece of paper. Have I reduced my relationship with Jesus to information? Do I invite people to come and see life as I follow Jesus? Do I invite people into my home? Is my relationship with Jesus separate from the life of the city? Do I participate in the life of the city? Am I inviting the city into the kingdom of God? Um, you know, one of the best and hardest places for come and see to happen is our, is our homes. Um, about three or four days ago, we invited another individual into our home, um, individual that needed a place to stay. We didn't do it because it was easy, and we didn't do it because we float on air all the time and, you know, we just kind of live this angelic life where we knew they would be so amazed and impressed by our holiness that we did it knowing that inviting someone into our home is inconvenient. It takes away our privacy. Um, and they're going to see things about us that might disappoint them because they're going to see that, you know, that we don't walk around with halos all the time, that we might have disagreements, we might have conflicts, they might, um, you know, as they experience our home. But what they're also going to experience is as we deal with conflicts and challenges and disagreements, they're going to see by God's grace forgiveness and reconciliation and redemption, and they're going to see the reality of the difference that Jesus makes. They're not going to have this false impression, which a lot of you have about me and our household, that we're just these amazing people that, that never make any mistakes and we're perfect all the time. And I say that because we've been told that, you know, because if you just look at me up front, you know, I took a shower and uh, combed my hair. 
but you come and see, and you'll see the reality of what it really means to be a follower of Jesus in real life around the dinner table, along with the challenges of a car repair that was unexpected or an unexpected bill or something that we found out that was really hard. Maybe it's a health issue. Or, and, and coming and seeing and experiencing life together will help people to see Jesus in a way they've never seen him before, in a way that could transform their lives and our lives together. Inviting the city into the kingdom of God. Maybe for some of you, that's considering opening your home. Maybe for some, it's becoming foster parents. Or maybe for some, it's, uh, you know, going to a block party or going on the art walk. Or it's just becoming a part of our community. So we, our community is seeing Jesus lived out. And don't worry about screwing up because you will, Okay. But that's part of it, right? That's real life. It's falling on our faces, but knowing the forgiveness and the redemption and the reconciliation and, and all of that, it's real life inviting the city into the kingdom of God as we move and mingle among them and as we invite them into our lives and we're part of their lives, that it's a real come and follow Jesus with me and being a part of the transforming of our community, not because We've just spoken words to them, but we've lived life with them. Let's pray. Father, help us to be such a people, uh, maybe to start with, that are just, again, our eyes are open to see Jesus, to fall in love with him, to be excited to <laughs> to tell others about him, to, to say, come and see Father, help us to be a people that that are excited for our city, our community, to see Jesus and to know him like we do. Amen.